Hello and welcome to another episode of Tactical Edge. I'm Siobhan Cleveland, 4th Air Force Public Affairs. Today's topic, leadership with Major General Jeffrey Pennington, Commander, 4th Air Force. Greetings, sir. How are you this morning? Wonderful, Siobhan. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So leadership, uh, a couple weeks ago, a couple podcasts ago, we did uh, talk about leadership. I think Chief Via was here and uh, Colonel Ritchie. We spoke about senior leadership development, I believe it was. We're going to talk about leadership today. So, so from your perspective, let's talk about leadership. Hey, th- thank you, Siobhan, for that introduction. And this is a very common question that I get asked uh, from both the airmen in our command and, and folks in the, com- in the local community or people you interact with. When you become a senior leader, they want to know, hey, what was the journey like or how do I become a leader or what are some of the skills I need to become an effective leader? So over the years, you know, I've studied numerous books and, and leaders along the way, and I think everybody makes a little bit of deposit in who we become uh, as you go along. But for today's podcast, I've broken it down into three simple things. These are not all-inclusive. It's not uh, an entire list and certainly not limited to this. But for the time and scope of this conversation, I think uh, these three things will, will hit the mark pretty well. And the first one we'll explore is, is just technical skills or technical competency. A little bit later, I'll talk about followership in its role in leadership. And then finally, leadership itself once someone is in a position of leadership. So that's the outline for today's podcast. Okay. So technical competency, that can sound a, a bit uh, technical. Can you explain <laughs> what you mean by technical competency? <laughs> sure. The first thing that one does when they join the service of the Air Force, uh, for their enlisted corps, they go to basic military training or BMT, become an airman. And it's an exciting time, you know, having been stationed at, at Lackland. I loved going and seeing the families, went to several graduations and being part of that and watching new airmen um, uh, uh, get honored by their accomplishments. They get sworn into the Air Force with their families there. It's a great day. You know, six, seven, eight hundred young, young Americans that have answered their nation's call. And I loved going to the eateries, you know, on Lackland on those days, Thursdays and Fridays. Ideally, you know, we'll get, we'll get back to all those things uh, here in the future. Uh, but just watching the pride that someone exhibited um, and the recognition from their family, you know, whether it's grandparents, aunts, uncles, parents, significant others, you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, just uh, proud of their uh, loved one who has served. Well, that's just the beginning of the journey. From there, they'll go on to some technical training, some tech school of some kind. And that varies depend on what uh, Air Force Specialty or AFS they've signed up for. Um, you know, whether it's uh, maybe they're going to Intel, some of those schools are a little bit longer. It could be a year or two. Uh, they go into some support function. They might go into maintenance. And uh, they'll go to a basic tech school somewhere, you know, depending on where that specialty is. Medical folks, maybe down to Keesler, uh, maintainers out to Shepherd. You know, it varies by their specialty. They'll get their basic uh, skill levels, and then they're going to go to their unit and progress through a three-level, a five-level, a seven-level along their way as they become more and more competent in their primary mission of, uh, of supporting the Air Force and what they do, whether it's fixing an airplane, it's uh, being a personnelist, it's being a financial expert, maybe a legal assistant of some kind, but whatever skill and profession they're going to have, that's what we call their, their technical yeah. skills. All right, sir, thank you for that explanation on technical competency. And we talked about the enlisted. Um, is there any difference 
between officers and enlisted when when we uh, talk about technical competence? There there can be some differences. For example, uh, someone might join the service who already is incredibly credentialed professionally on the outside. They might have some medical credentials as a nurse or a doctor or assistant of some kind. Similarly, in the legal world, they might be an attorney or something of that nature. So they go through what's called a commissioned officer training uh, at Maxwell and get their commission on on a a little more accelerated timeline because they've already had the technical competence when they come in. Others, or most of us, who either went to the academy or ROTC or officer training school, will go to our primary AFS training uh, right after that. In, uh, in my case, that, that was pilot training. You know, at, at, when I went through, everybody went through a 52-week program. Uh, it varies a little bit now. There's something called pilot training next uh, that Major General Wills and 19th Air Force team have been working with on how to uh, proficiency advance uh, people through training. And this is happening across the board in the Air Force. We're trying to move away from the old industrial model where everybody moves at the t- same speed. And now if you gain or master a skill quickly to move along at the pace that you're ready. It's complicated, it's, it's difficult, but, uh, but we're working very hard on that. So those foundational elements or those technical skills are what give you the, give one the credibility to be a service member that can be tasked to answer a nation's call, whether it's humanitarian relief, disaster relief, or combatant commander's call. Those are the foundational elements uh, that will lead to leadership down, down the road. So, hey, a quick story here. I knew of a, a pilot that went to pilot training uh, great attitude throughout, knew the book knowledge throughout, couldn't stump that individual on a question, uh, always willing to serve, always positive attitude, but struggled in the cockpit a little bit, putting it all together. Uh, it was an incredible journey of ups and downs and, and technically kind of washed out of tech school or pilot training. But because of the individual's attitude and dedication to the knowledge and always willing to keep trying, that actually kept the member instated without the formally eliminating him. So the message there in that story, and oh, by the way, the airman was Major General Pennington, who was a lieutenant at the time. Uh, And, uh, you know, I didn't share that story for years. I was kind of embarrassed about it and and struggled, you know, with, you know, how would people think about me and my credibility if if I struggled in the basic core skill that I was supposed to come in the Air Force with. But over time, I've learned, I think it was through that fight, through that journey, I learned to really value and appreciate the Air Force's investment in me. The investment it takes in some airmen, some people catch on faster to some things than others. Some take a little bit more time or a little uh, uh, extra training, but that's okay. So the message to all airmen is keep a great attitude, work hard on the things that you can do that are in your span of control, and uh, you will get an opportunity to succeed if you just keep plugging away. So, so there's my outline on technical skills. Well, you definitely got me there, sir. I did not know that you were speaking of yourself uh, with that story. Thank you for sharing that. So. Uh, of course, technical skills skills are important um, for an airman's career for their foundation. What you, you spoke about followership? How does that tie in to? Yeah, well, you know, that goes back to one of the early conversations I had with my father. I was probably about twelve or thirteen years old, and I was really frustrated in a situation where I was asked to follow somebody, and I thought I could do a better job. And I remember my father telling me, he says, you know what, son, in life there's going to be times to lead and there's going to be times to follow. And right now it's your, your time to follow. And uh, I took that lesson, I applied it, and uh, it doesn't mean we follow unlawful orders. It doesn't mean we follow someone who's breaking a moral or ethical code. That's not what it means. What it means is leaders are not perfect. 
they do their very best, but somebody entrusted that leader and put them in a position of leadership. And we need to have some faith in the process. And of course, it doesn't mean you can't question it politely and professionally if you don't understand uh, something to get clarification. And sometimes when an, an individual finds himself in that scenario of doubting their leader or, or not knowing how to approach the leader, key time for someone to get a mentor there in their life. Uh, and it could be that leader. If you have a great relationship, you can ask them. But it's not always that leader. It might be somebody else to, to say, hey, I'm struggling with this situation. Walk through it. Or how can I be better? How can I fit on the team? And I think that's one of the important things about followership is realizing that you're on a team. The Air Force is a team. The active duty has a team. We're a, a reserve component on that team. And we work together in what we call a total force effort. We work together in, in the joint force. Sometimes we're working with other service components. How do we fit on that team? And down to the basic airmen, it's, hey, what team am I on? Probably a small team, an office of maybe three or four or five, six people. What's our, what's our role? What's our mission? What are our priorities? And what's my role on the team? And how do I fit? And defining those really, really helps. And I'll, I'll close with the, the followership on this story. When I was a, a wing commander, we did a DOX or a climate survey of a large organization. And there was a fundamental theme of the junior NCOs critiquing the senior NCOs and lacking in a particular skill set. And that was in leadership and preparing and other things. And as the survey results came back, the senior, lead, the senior NCOs and the chiefs came to me and they said, sir, we think we're short in this area. And this DOX proves it. Hey, will you help us put some things together to grow our senior enlisted corps? And we started working on some things and it was great. By the time I got to debrief the survey, and was now in the room with everybody. And I was telling this story about, hey, junior NCOs, you got some critiques of your, your senior leadership here. And you could see them kind of, yeah, boss, <laughs> tell them. And, uh, and I made the point to this, and I remember a mentor telling me this one time. You know when you get the perfect supervisor or perfect leader? That's when you're the perfect follower. How's that going? In other words, what are you doing to help the team out? If you find your Superman's kryptonite, what are you doing to keep that, uh, that weakness in a lead box? Or what are you doing to overcome it, right? And that's just a good balance of conversation, communication, uh, inclusive dialogue where you realize everybody's valued and you need to find your role as a follower sometimes before you lead. Wow, very important, very important. Um, so, excuse me. So being in a position of leadership, and we spoke about followership, you as a leader, what perspective can you offer on your position as a leader and followership and uh, anything that adds to that? Leadership is a wonderful experience. It comes with a tremendous responsibility, uh, tremendous uh, pleasant burden and professional burden uh, of leadership. And I think it's the question most people think I would start with when they want to know, how do I lead? Well, I, I outline the key steps before you lead, and that's learning and growing along the way. Um, but I think one of the best definitions of leadership I've ever seen is just influence. And the most powerful form of influence is modeling the desired behavior. In other words, if you're not leaving, living your life with values, uh, with the core values, uh, with the morality and character uh, that you want other people to follow, well, you probably need to examine the decisions you make. And it doesn't mean that we're all perfect. Far from it. In fact, I am very imperfect. But as leaders, we do our best every day to set a great example, to give specific direction to our teams, and, uh, and set those expectations in a measurable way. And 
you know, one of those, uh, as you become a senior leader, maybe as the, even as a, as a captain or a major, it's time to work on what we call professional military education, right? There's no way around it. Enlisted Corps has theirs as well, whether it's a leadership school or an NCO academy, you're stepping up to be a first sergeant, uh, whatever those things are. In the officer corps, it's uh, squadron officer school, air command staff college, or senior developmental education. Those are the steps that we should be taking to grow ourselves. Why? Because we win and we're successful when we can overcome the barriers before us, whether it's an enemy that's got a different idea about the outcome, it's a, uh, a natural barrier we've got to outthink or work around it and build an inclusive team that can come up with solutions to attack that problem. We always need to be growing and studying uh, all along the way. I think if we interviewed anybody on the street and said, do you think senior leaders in the military should continue to grow and study military education? I think every one of them would give you a pretty big uh, head nod up and down. And that's not uncommon. No matter what skill or profession you're in, you're always studying and growing. Maybe you have a photography business, you're learning the new skill. If you're a physician, my prayer would be that you stay up on top of the latest procedures. If you're an engineer, the, the, the latest technical manuals that come out. Whatever field or you're in, you're always studying and growing. The military is no exception. So the professional military education is the formal part of the journey. And then I get asked this question pretty regular, Siobhan, about, hey, what are you reading? And, and I think that's a great question. We should always be reading and growing. One of my favorites is reading biographies of those that have gone before us, whether they're successful leaders or someone that overcame a challenge. You know, a couple notes I just jotted down of books on my shelf uh, today that I remember reading is uh, Colin Powell, you know, uh, uh, former chairman uh, and, uh, and, and civilian leader. It worked for me. It's a great book and a great story and just what a sincere and genuine and respected American he is. Great story. I had the pleasure many years ago of meeting uh, Louis Zamperini. There's a, a book out called Unbroken that was later made into a movie. The author was Laura Hildebrandt. Uh, he lived down here in Torrance, California. I got to meet him. Incredible story about an Olympic athlete, became a navigator in bombers in World War II, was a POW in Japan. Just his story of survival and overcoming, wonderful read. Uh, there's Air Force periodicals you can find on the portal. It's a great outline there. So there's a couple things on, on uh, reading that I think people will find uh, very intriguing. Okay. All right, sir. <clears throat> so I think that pretty much um, wraps up the, the our senior leadership, or not senior leadership, our leadership talk today. And it's a, it's been a, a great conversation from your perspective as a senior leader and as commander for 4th Air Force. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, I would, I would challenge all of our listeners to, uh, you know, look at this outline and examine yourself. Hey, wh what am I doing or what are you doing to apply these skills? Are you continuing to grow your technical skills? Uh, are you in a role as a follower? And likely you could be a follower and a leader. Uh, like many of us, you know, we, you know, the Chief V and I lead the Fourth Air Force, but hey, I'm on the team with General uh, Scobie and Chief White. You know, they're our leaders. And we always uh, find the, the right balance between those two things. Always try to be the great example. And I, I think if people apply those basic things, they got a pretty good outline to be successful. All right. And with that, thank you, sir, so much for stopping by today. That's Tactical Edge. And until next time, take care.